You and Chris are going to be in here talking about God knows what. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Retro Show podcast. I'm your host, Butch Renfro, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Christopher Brown. Curtis! I love this crowd, man. I know you do. They usually just crap when I leave. Uh, clap, crap. <laughs> clap well, you when just I took leave. it to a lot darker place, man. <laughs> uh, this is the Retro Show. We are uh, glad that you have decided to join us. We are on the road today. Actually, we are uh, at the uh, Flashback Pinball Arcade in Conway, Arkansas. Uh, you can find out all about them at flashbackpinballarcade.com. Dude, looking around in here, this place this is, is awesome. It is like, I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy store, it's man. Candyland. I'm telling you, it is fantastic. Guys, we are so excited for today's episode. I want you to all welcome to the podcast, uh, Mr. Butch Patrick. You know, we have two butches today, so I'm thinking. I don't know if it's ever been done. For simplicity, why don't I be Batch Putrick today, my alter ego? <laughs> It'll be Butch and Batch. Well, you can still be Butch, and everybody else can refer to me as El Guapo. Okay. So we can do that. How you so, doing, guys? Uh, but uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, Butch is uh, maybe best known to some of you as uh, Eddie Munster on a little television show called The Munsters. That. Yeah, for a little two-year show, it's uh, it's really created quite a quite a following in uh, not only not only in America but globally. It's uh, yeah. it's a very popular show. We're looking over at Monster Pinball Machines and Rob Zombie just did a Monster movie. And over the last sixty years, it's uh, it's been very good to me. Yeah, well, fantastic, man. I I really appreciate you coming. I I know this is the time of year that you're out and about. Uh, and just to let everybody know, uh, you can catch Butch probably. Mo- over most of the country during the course of a year. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the road quite a bit. Um, any of your, for all your listeners, if they want to write this down, it's kind of hard to remember, Munsters.com. You can go to that site and that will lead you to all my schedules. Yeah, that is uh, uh, Munsters. <laughs> and you got to spell it like the TV show, folks. Yes. But yeah, Butch is going to be with us today. And actually, uh, Butch, you are the topic of the show today. So this is actually the first time we've done like an interview. And uh, Oh, yeah, I used to do them all the time in radio, but it's been 30 years. Man. So this, will be, this is interesting. It's a flashback arcade. It shows from the 60s. That's the old saying, if you remember the 60s, you weren't there. You, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, true. Uh, so I guess my first question, uh, from one butch to another, to another butch. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not the name on your birth certificate. Never, I know it's not mine. I've never met a butch that they actually put their name down yeah. as at birth. It's always a nickname. My grandmother gave me mine the day I was born. My real Freak. name is Patrick. Uh, and then they came up with a stage name for me, Butch Patrick. And the there rest you of, go. The rest is history. Yeah, I got mine at three days. So, yeah, it stuck with me. I didn't even know that was my not my real name mm-hmm. until I was like eight years old. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> so you you uh you like live by butch patrick now i mean that's that's it well it's i mean not legally but no to it's, everybody. it's a legal aka but it's when you get on airplanes and you know right. passports and stuff oh, no, yeah. it, you have to be and it's to add even more to it i was actually born patrick allen caples and then when my mom remarried and my sister was born to dave lilly he adopted me so oh, okay and then my real name is patrick allen lilly but i went to school with my mom's third husband the baseball player whose last name was Hunt, and I thought that was a cooler last name than Lily. Silly Lily. <laughs> silly Lily. So I went with Ken Hunt because he was a ball player, so I went to school as Patrick Hunt. 
So who did oh. he play for? He played. Came up with the Yankees. Him and Roger Maris. Nice. Uh, he oh. went to the Angels in the expansion. He wound up with the Washington Senators. With the, even though they were like a last place team, they had Gil Hodges. Uh, they had uh, Frank Howard. They had you know Claude Osteen. They had some good players. But uh, he wanted to put the Senators. Well, the reason I asked that question is my son, huge baseball player, mm-hmm. huge baseball fan, he'll look all this stuff up. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny's <laughs> buried. He's actually show. buried next to Roger Maris. They were, they were lifelong buddies from, uh, from Grand Forks. They're buried in Fargo. He was Mickey Mantle's roommate. Had, oh, you know, wow. He was a great ball player. Unfortunately, he injured his shoulder during a game and never really recovered his throwing right. arm. And uh, that was pretty much he was a five-year, mm-hmm. five-year player. So you got that signed Mickey Mantle ball? No, that's uh, the sign. I had, I had a signed Mickey Mantle baseball glove that I loaned oh, to a kid at Little League, and he never gave it back. Oh, I'd hunt oh, him down my now. Gosh. Uh, so, where did you grow up? <laughs> I, I was uh, born in Inglewood, California. Grew up in a city called Gardena. It's an area of Los Angeles called the South Bay, mm-hmm. about 25 miles uh, from the studios from Hollywood. Oh, okay. And so, uh, that leads me into this. How did you get into acting? Um, when my sister was born, she was a very attractive little girl with a big, lot of hair, a lot of curly hair, and someone thought she'd be perfect for print modeling. And that appointment was made, and I went along for the ride that day. I was like seven. She was like three. And after they took pictures of her, the gentleman's name was Amos Carr, and he was like the go-to child photographer in Hollywood. He took a picture of me, and he put it in his window because he just kind of liked the look. And a producer and a director were walking by a few weeks later casting a movie, and they still hadn't found Eddie Albert and Jane Wyatt's youngest son. So they um, asked where they could find that face. And the guy told him, and they tracked me down. And Mary Grady had just opened up her first, the, the world's first child-only um, talent agency. Oh, wow! Her son was my th- uh, her son was Ro- uh, Robbie, my uh, Don Grady on my three sons. Okay, and I was her first client after that. Wow! Fantastic. So, so I have a question, real quick, because I don't know what it is. What is print modeling? What is that? Uh, magazines. You know, oh, okay. Pose, okay, I got you now. Yeah. Now I'm with print you. Print modeling. Yeah. Now I'm with you. So, what were some of the shows you were in uh, before? You landed at like. Ooh, I should have brought my credit list, but okay. Uh, I did. A I have a few <laughs> series. Series before I did uh, the first a few episodes of General Hospital when it first right. came on the air. I did the last year of the Real McCoys. Uh, I did the Munsters. I did uh, three years worth of My Three Sons, nine episodes. Oh, okay. Uh, float, you know, reoccurring regular. Then I did Lidsville in 1971. Yeah. The summer of 71 was a Sid and Marty Croft's third series. Those were the series, but in between, I did 27 movies, about. 50 or 60 commercials. I really can't remember how many commercials. A lot of serial commercials, a lot of toy commercials. But I did 27 movies. Oh, wow. Which now, they weren't starring roles, but you were still working yeah. with the likes of Burt Lancaster and Judy Garland and uh, wow. Sidney Poitier and some really quality people. Man. How did you actually land the role of uh, Eddie Munster? Uh, when my mom, uh, two things happened. My, my stepdad got traded to the Washington Senators. My two younger brothers were toddlers, so they moved to Washington, D.C., and I went to live with my grandmother in Illinois. And during that time, uh, they cast the role of Eddie Munster. First, they offered it to Bill Moomy, who turned it down for whatever reasons. Then they hired a kid named Happy Derman for the pilot. The pilot was shown to the networks, and they said, we like the pilot, but we want to change the mom, and we want to change the kid. And then Mary Grady caught wind of that, and she says, I've got the perfect kid for you. And they go, well, we've looked at every kid in Hollywood. She goes, that's the problem. He's not in Hollywood. He's in Illinois. And she convinced them to fly me out for a screen test with Yvonne DiCarlo. They hired Yvonne DiCarlo, who was a big movie star, to come into television. 
we uh, I went to the studio. They they basically said report to work, don't go home. And I go, uh, I don't really have a home right now because my my home is in in Washington D.C. So I moved in with my uncle, and we hired a woman to take me to work every day. We were talking about uh, we did recently did a show about our favorite John Wayne movies, and we were talking about McClintock. McClintock sure. talked about Yvonne DiCarlo. Mm-hmm. Uh, extensively in yeah. there. And I'm going to tell you, okay, so like as a kid, when I'm watching the Munsters, man, I thought that uh, Marilyn was just pretty. But I now I look and I see it and it's like, <clears throat> Yvonne DiCarlo was smoking. Yeah, I she mean, was. oh my gosh. In her, you know. in her heydays, you know, she was Jean Lola Bridget, Ava Gardner, Sophia Loren. She was, you know, she, yeah. was, she was one of the, the beauties in Hollywood. Something else that I noticed uh, too when I was doing a little bit of research, yeah, I actually <laughs> put a little bit of work into this one. So, yeah. Um, is that Al Lewis... Mm-hmm. Uh, who played Grandpa Munster uh, was actually a year younger than Yvonne DiCarlo. Yep. And so he played older, obviously. He looked and older. Yeah, he, he did actually look. looked. It's funny, too, because even after you took his makeup off, he still looked like yeah. Grandpa. It was like yeah. one of those things. <laughs> but yeah, that was a few other things. Fred and Al were both a very good, solid a comedy team. Right. Um, well, they yeah. came from Car 54, which right. was a huge, funny show uh, out of New York. And it was funny because we had a little bit of everything. We had the movie star coming into TV. We had New York actors coming to Hollywood. Uh, we had a Marilyn that left the show after 13 episodes and was replaced yeah. by another Marilyn that was done so well seamlessly that a lot of people didn't even didn't know even it notice. not like the bewitched switch of darren's, darren's yeah uh, right. dick york to dick as uh, dick Sargent. it was like i want the other one back i don't yeah. nothing against dick Sargent, but i like dick york yeah those early ones that he was in that was and then me yeah and then and you... george bear's cars and cool special effects and great makeup so during this time what was school like uh, school's always the same in Hollywood. You got to go three hours a day on the set. Yeah. They, they supply a teacher. Uh, they're called a welfare worker to not only teach you to make sure that you don't do anything dangerous and that you get your hour lunch and you get your hour recreation and um, three hours. Three hour school is mandatory. If you don't get your three hours in, they pull the plug on the thing. They won't, oh, wow. they won't let you work. Wow. Okay. But they do break it into like as long as you're in school for 20 minutes, that counts. If you're only there 15 minutes, that's the last 15 minutes. So you got to come back and do it again. Oh, wow. Were you uh, uh, particularly close with, with, with any of the other cast members or that, that you? Yeah, I mean, they were all had kids about my age. They all kind of knew the situation that my family was back east. And this was kind of one of those times where my TV family actually was, I was spending yeah. more time with them than my real family. But um, we all got along wonderfully. Great. And that's good to hear. This is just a, the, 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 the part of me that's been in TV for years has, has to know because mm-hmm. seeing people who do makeup and stuff. Um, you shot a couple of movies in color. Did you guys change the makeup up for a black and white show? Did they change the coloration or anything like that for the uh, for the the movies that were shot in color? Yes, they upped it a lot. Uh, I only did Munster Go Home. I did a cameo with Al Lewis and Pat Priest and Al, and, and Yvonne DiCarlo in the uh, Edward Herman Here Come the Munsters movie. I believe it was in 1993. Yeah, uh, we did that. But yes, when it when it was color, they absolutely. Uh, uh, livened it up a, a tad quite a bit just a fantastic show we grew up i know that you know uh, that they <coughs> show all of the great shows that from the 60s during the 70s well, and, well you know it was, yeah. it was interesting because you know back in the day every studio in the 30s 40s 50s they all had sort of a theme that they were good at and universal happened to be the monster studio right 20th was disaster movies and one was a western and mgm was musicals and but they all had something but universal right. was the go-to monster studio and they utilized a lot of those sets and a lot of that knowledge and makeup knowledge to into the into the monsters so you had this really cool studio with this pedigree taking leave it to beaver 
producers mushing yeah. him into a friendly family unit because you never thought of Herman as anything but friendly Fred, you know, Herman Munster. You never thought of him as Frankenstein. Yeah. Right. And it worked. It was a very crazy <laughs> on paper. It looked like, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. But when it got together, it was like magic. Yeah, and you know, to, to be able to put scary makeup on somebody, it, it that's just a testament to Fred, I think, mm-hmm. being able to act his way into this lovable yeah. patriarch role. Well, l- luckily for me, what happened was they, they kind of, as the script started going, and they, they saw that I could handle dialogue, and they saw that Herman and Eddie had this dynamic where I always volunteered him, and he never wanted to disappoint me, and yeah. he would do anything for his son, and... I was became like the teacher, and he became the student, and then it was like we would have these. He'd get on his knees, I'd be looking at him eye to eye, yeah. and we'd have these conversations where he was a very big childlike person. I was kind of like a little adult like kid, right. and it worked really well, yeah, which allowed great. me to have a lot more dialogue. Which they actually wrote several scripts featuring Eddie, you know, which was good because a lot of times <laughs> kids don't get that mm. in in series. And it doesn't matter what you see him in. I always see Eddie Munster. No, he's a quality guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not Eddie Munster, but Herman. No, Herman, Fred Gwynn. Yeah. Yeah, Fred Gwynn was a super talent. Oh, man. the the, the, the I, One of the last roles I, I guess he did was My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, and that courtroom of. scene just... Great movie. And another thing yeah. is, you know, they allowed him to sing. He played guitar. He yeah. sang on the, yeah, he sketched. There's a couple where he was drawing. He did uh, Broadway. He was a uh, Hobbit Hasty Pudding Club. He was, you know, old school, blue blood. Al Lewis, on the other hand, was vaudeville. Yeah. You know, circus folk type. Of thing. Oh, but yeah. the two of them together, they complemented each other so well that some of their comedy routines uh, were gold. And we're going to stop right here and take a break. But we're going to be right back. This is The Retro Show with Butch and Chris. Hey guys, we just want to thank you so much for being a part of The Retro Show podcast and we'd like to invite you to be a part of our Producers Club. So what does that mean? That means that when you go to RetroShow.net and you click on Support the Podcast, you can be a producer, which helps us basically keep the lights on around here so for a mere three dollars a month you can help support the retro show podcast just like these beautiful educated well-rounded have i sucked up enough probably people and they are chris m nancy sms joshua r fran a e m bradford mason and tanya highland We thank them, and we love them because they support the podcast. And you can, too. Just head to RetroShow.net and click on Support the Podcast. And now, back to the Retro Show with Butch and Chris. So now, uh, I kind of want to switch, kind of going forward a little bit to the 70s there. So how did you land the role on Lidsville? Did you audition for the Croft Brothers? Did they want you right away? They wanted me, and I actually turned them down several times. I just didn't... I was, you know, you're a 17-year-old kid, and what had happened is I had just completed a movie in Brazil that was supposed to become Oscar-worthy and you know, supporting actor nominations, mm-hmm. and I was going to elevate myself out of television into movie stardom, right. you know, and I was looking forward to that. Well, the producer, writer, director of the movie had a horrible Hollywood divorce with his wife, Rhonda Fleming, and in the movie, in, excuse me, in the divorce, she got half the rights to the movie, and he was so mad that he shelved it. And it never saw the light of day. And the combination of that falling flat and then being offered this, what I thought was a kiddie show. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be doing much acting anymore. So I turned it down several times. And finally, Marty asked me to just come out, just come out and see what we do. Yeah. I go, okay. And then Sid, who I really took a liking to because he had a Corvette and he was cooler. (laughs) Yeah. But he took me to lunch one day 
and explained to me what was going to be happening. So when I went back to the studio, I saw this picture of the girl from the Bugaloos, Caroline Ellis. Yeah. A real yeah. cutie. So I go, if I do this show, is there any chance that she might be hanging around? And he goes, oh, yeah, she shows up all the time. Now, oh, yeah. Little did I know she was in Europe. Yeah. She never once came over. But he told me what I wanted to hear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I cut my hair from here, like Robert Plant length, up to about shoulder length, yeah. a tolerable length for the show. And 11 weeks later, I did it. But mainly the cow sills at school told me, never turn down work. It's a, it's a Saturday morning show. Most of your friends won't even be awake to watch it. Yeah. Just take the money and run. Yeah. But So, yeah, you, you had Billy Hayes with you in that. Billy Hayes, yeah. Charles, and, and a lot of the little people were friends of mine because they used to be my stand-ins when I was a kid actor. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. they don't, when, you're, when you're a kid growing up, they always use little people as your stand-ins. Right. They'll never put another kid in for another kid. It's like psychological issues. So as I grew up, Depending on how, what size I was in age, I had the little people, like Felix, excuse me, Felix Silla was about this tall. And then we get up here, there's another one about this tall and this tall and this tall. And then Sharon Baird, who was Ron's yeah. rabbit, she was a musketeer. She was about 4'10". Uh-huh. So she was the tall end of the little people range. But it was great. Oh, it's fantastic. So what happened after, like, like during the 70s? Did... Uh well, let's see. Never mind. No. Never mind. <laughs> it's like, what did Bugs Buddy took a left at the Albuquerque? Yeah, except, uh, well, let me think about this. It was 1969 and 1970. All hell was breaking loose. Woodstock, yeah. rock and roll, the counterculture, peace, love, uh, Haight-Ashbury, you name it. I, I was up in Frisco doing the Phantom Toll Booth with Chuck Jones, 1968. And all I could, all I wanted to do was go party with the rock stars. You know, when you're that age. I mean, everybody in the country was doing it, and and it looked exciting. And I had that gene in me, and I wanted to do it, and I did it. Yeah, and you did it. And the funny thing about being in Hollywood, and you know, you have a lot of people that want to be your friend, and they want to offer you stuff, and you have access to stuff. And I had a lot of money as a kid, and I had cool cars and hot girlfriends, and I lived at the beach, and I surfed, and I had I had a wonderful, you know, wonderful late teens, early twenties, but. When the money ran out, and by the time I came to my senses, if you're not active in Hollywood all the time, you kind of get left behind. And there was two things. I burned a few bridges, but mostly I just never wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a race car driver. So I didn't really have a love of it. I wasn't missing it. It wasn't calling to me. But I had to figure out a way to make a living. So I hustled cars. I worked in the gaming industry since my dad owned a casino. Uh-huh. Um, but I, you know, odd job, small businesses, this and that. We mentioned cars now, and that leads me into what you're doing these days and so let's let let's talk about so you have two replicas of the yeah i had two uh chevy uh, i bought a pair from a guy with his trailers truck the whole nine yards about 10 years ago then as i was doing it i got tired of towing this 34 foot trailer so i downsized to a 20 foot trailer with one car which is my dragula right an accurate one i sold my other two they were chevy powered or the original george bears cars were 289 ford cobras so this one is very accurate and i'm having a my coach replaced and it will be done in october oh wow and it'll be accurate but i'm only going to carry either the coach or the dragula and my harley one or the two it's going to be the the dragula on the bike or the coach i'm not going to ever go back to or maybe get another trailer and have somebody drive the second trailer right but i do a lot of automotive events i'm a member of a car club yeah. up in new jersey called dead man's curve um i'm kind of a gearhead i you know i like cars and it's funny because you know when i when i first came into conway one of the reasons we'll, we'll get to that I'm, I'm sure but one of the things was the gentleman that brought me here who were at his arcade he likes cars and we have a lot of things in common so uh, we hit it off and here i am 
Well, somebody needs to be his friend. You, yeah, well, you you're remember, doing God's you work. You got to remember too. Well, well, another thing was is not only imagine this before, <laughs> before I turned sixteen, my stepdad's a ball player, so when I'm not at the studio, I'm going to the ballpark. You know, who doesn't want to go to the ballpark okay. early and shag flies in the stands and get to know yeah. every every player in the American League? That I got to do because Eddie Munster, the Munsters were popular, and then baseball players are just big kids anyway. Yeah. So that was that was very cool. But on the side from that, I was going to the drag strip with Jack Chrisman, who invented the funny car, and this is like early in the Prudhomme and McEwen and all the early funny Man. car years. I'm at Lions wow. Drag Strip, Irwindale, CIR, Bakersfield, doing the drag racing thing. So that led me into my teen years. Um, so it was just it was just wonderful from about 14 to 21. It was like the best. Wow. That's fantastic. Chris, you got anything you need to ask? Yeah, you're covering it, dude. All right. I'm, well, I'm just, I'm in, I just I'm in to... awe. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> this, this, your life is, right. is awesome to listen to. I had a very, 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 I've been very blessed. And I, and I have a great family and great brothers and sisters and stuff. I'm just very lucky. So you're uh, now headquartered in Arkansas? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was doing something. I came, I came by a few years ago, right before the pandemic, because Keller had bought a Munster's pinball machine, and I was touring with the Stearns Pinball Company oh, okay. to introduce the machine around the country. So I had both my cars on display. They had surrounded me with like 20 pinball machines, and they had this one girl with her big hair and it had Munsters on it. It was very cool. <laughs> so I had, a, I had a wonderful time, and then that the pandemic came to a screeching halt for everything. And by the time the pandemic was over... I had um, gotten away from a relationship I was in. I separated that, so I'm on my own, and I decided to reevaluate things, and I was gonna go work up at a uh, theme park outside of Indianapolis that didn't happen. And I called Keller, and I said, damn, I go, I'm gonna be, you know, I didn't book anything this summer. He goes, well, it's Toad Suck Days. Come on down and visit, and we'll talk about it. So it's like, like four years after my first visit, so I came back down, and we started, talking about stuff and one thing led to another and I just started using Conway as my base of operations yeah. because you I was based out of northern Missouri right. driving around the country and that's why I just moved it down about 600 miles yeah um, but this this city has a I like small towns it's not a small town but it has a small town feel right it's got all the amenities of a city it's close to you know Little Rock I used to have to drive two and a half hours to an airport yeah. so I got everything I'm looking for here and it also uh, is affordable yeah, yeah, it's got yeah. it's got a lot of good things going for it. People are very nice, and I'm very happy here. Uh, well, this town has changed so much since you know Keller and I graduated high school together. You mentioned something, about and it that, was yeah. so it's so different now than it was. I tell people all the time when we were in high school, I couldn't, and he could too, walk in any place in town and tell you something good or bad about everybody in the place. Yeah. yeah. And now I walk in a place and not know anybody. Well, yeah. you know, but I can understand that definitely. In the two towns I lived with, my grandmother were both 5,000 people in the fifth grade and the eighth grade. So I had that good feel of eighth, you know, that town. I actually bought my grandma's old house to save it. And that's what I sold recently and when I came down here. But to me, being from Los Angeles, right. this has a small town oh, feel. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I, I'm, right where, I'm right where I want to be. It's I will make be. sure I never complained about traffic around it's here. Got, uh, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, drive, I, I drive to the airport through Little Rock traffic. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Three minutes later, you're Three through. minutes later, you're, you're, you're over it's the over. bridge and you're fine. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's after the rage, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, well, listen, uh, folks, if you want to find out uh, more about what uh, Butch is up to, yeah, you can go to Munsters.com, M-U-N-S-T-E-R-S.com. Several on-set photos 
there that I noticed. And I, oh, yeah, I've got I, I creeped around your website today yeah. just to see what's what's out there. And uh, where can they find you, like social media? I'm, you know, I have Instagram uh, that, that is uh, the real Butch Patrick, you know, underscore, underscore. Uh, I don't use it much. I'm not really a yeah. big gram person. Uh, I have, a, I have a, a Twitter account, BP Munster. I don't use that very much either. I'm more of a Facebook guy. Yeah. But more, mostly if they just go to Munsters.com, I get emails. The old-fashioned Gmail. The old Gmail. Mm-hmm. The old Gmail stuff. I tell you, just growing up, your show, the Munster show, was a big part of our life growing yeah. up. I mean, it was. It was. It, I put it in the same category with uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, I Dream of Jeannie. Andy. Huh? Andy, Andy Griffith. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Gomer Powell, yeah. USMC. Yeah. It's um, you know it's something we always watch. It's funny when I when I I have a book called uh, <clears throat> Munster Memories, and the book is literally wrote itself from people coming to the table to come to you know introduce themselves and telling me how much this show meant to them yeah. or their grandma or their uncle or somebody in the family that when they were growing up that this was part of their a very important part of their routine sure. yeah and and it just it's it's a, like a feel-good moment like how can you not enjoy going out and doing that over and over and over again when, when all people are coming up are doing a sharing a positive energy and in this day and age the way things are that's a pretty unusual situation to be part of and i'm i'm very blessed out of it but that's how the book got written was people sharing stories oh that's really and all cool. i did was put it together that's really really cool and uh, where can they find this book? Monsters. Monsters. See there. See there. Plug. Plug. Um, well, Butch, man, I, I cannot thank you enough for for agreeing to come out. Like I said, I know you're a busy man. This is probably a busy time of year. But we're going to close out with you, okay. With twenty questions, okay. Okay, and you will 20. answer these as quickly as you can. Okay. Okay. Ever had a crush on a co-star? Yes. Okay. Beverly, Beverly Owen. Who would win in a fight, Dracula or the Wolfman? Uh, if they act physically, if Wolfman got a hold of him, Wolfman. Beatles, Stones, or the Who? Beatles. Do you have a secret talent? A secret what? A secret talent that nobody knows about. Secret talent. Uh, well, if he tells it, it's not going to be a secret. Uh, see, there you go. <laughs> I, I used to be able to juggle, but I haven't tried lately. <laughs> I bet you still can. It's like riding a bike. The strangest thing you've ever eaten? Um, squid, I guess. Okay. Uh, does pineapple belong on a pizza? Absolutely. Do people ever call you Bruce instead of Butch? All the time. All the time. In the battle of Captain Crunches, peanut butter or crunch berries? Crunch berries. Name a movie that scared you as a child. The Birds. Best Van Halen singer? Song? No, best Van Halen singer, Sammy or Dave? Oh, uh, Sammy. Uh, favorite toy as a child? Uh, very favorite toy as a child? Uh, Etch-a-Sketch. Favorite smell? Smell? Favorite smell? Favorite smell. <laughs> Bacon. Toilet Heck paper. Yeah. Over or under? Over. <laughs> Hamburgers or hot dogs? Uh, hot dogs. What was the make and model of your first car? 69 Mach 1. Yeah. Is Keller a good golfer? Uh, miniature or pro? Or pro? <laughs> 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 miniature, he's killer. Dogs or cats? Uh, both. Ginger or Marianne? Oh, Marianne. Yeah, there you go. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Okay, and I got to send uh, close it out with Adam's family or the Munsters. Oh, the Munsters, of course. We were, <laughs> we were, we were. I tell people if they ever get mixed up, listen, it's very easy. We were people who looked like monsters, and the Adams family were monsters who looked like people. That's that's pretty <laughs> good, right there, dude. I cannot. I cannot thank you enough, Butch, for being on the show today. Absolutely. <laughs> You're welcome. I've been telling people they work all day. Everybody I talk to, hey, man, we're, we're interviewing Eddie Muffin. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you can find us online, retroshow.net. 
we got everything there. Just go, just go check it out. All the socials, everything. Thank you for listening. I love all of you. I like some of you. AMF, guys. <laughs> <laughs>